KXNO Des Moines. Now, today's biggest stories from the BMW of Des Moines Sports Desk. This is an X's and O's update on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. And I'm Trent Condon. Grandview Football will have a new head coach next season, but the last name will stay the same. Mike Woodley announced Tuesday that he's stepping away to start another program. Mike son Joe will take over as head coach after serving as associate head coach and offensive coordinator. Mike Woodley finishes his career at Grandview with a 93-35 record, including the 2013 NAIA National Championship. It's back-to-back state championships for Waukee and boys high school soccer after the Warriors run past Iowa City West yesterday 3-1. The girls' state tournament begins tomorrow. Local high school baseball scoreboard Des Moines Roosevelt, an upset victory over Dowling Catholic 3-0. Southeast Polk shuts out Creston 4-0. Van Meter over Des Moines Christian 4-3. And Woodward Granger shuts out Madrid 1-0. Two Major League Baseball and the Cubs get going again behind the bat of Javi Baez. In three yesterday. And this is deep to center and it's going to go! Two-run homer! The call from NBC Sports Chicago. Baez goes 3-4 for four in the 6-3 Cubs victory. Today in regional MLB, the White Sox are at the Nationals' 12.05 first pitch. The Twins look to bounce back against the Indians. Brewers host the Marlins after getting throttled yesterday. The Royals host Chris Sale and the Red Sox. And the Cardinals host the Reds. Hear the game right here on 1460 KXNO. And day baseball down here at Principal Park as we're broadcasting live. 12.08 with the first pitch, game two of the homestand for the I-Cubs. Live from the Wild Rose Casino and Resort Jefferson Studios, you'd rather be here. This is 1460 KXNO. Ken Miller, Trent Condon. They are Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 1460 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody, and uh, welcome in. It's Miller and Condon as we come to you live from the confluence of the Raccoon and the Des Moines Rivers Principal Park, where they will play baseball uh, here coming up shortly after the noon hour uh, as the Padres affiliate, the El Paso Chihuahuas, are in town before they make their way out of town and replaced by uh, Albuquerque, who comes in for the weekend. Yes, indeed, the I-Cubs are back in town. Trent and I are back in the... Uh, outfield suites and glad to be here as we're what left center field is a terrific view of just a pristine ballpark here today the weather could not be any nicer probably weather wise Trent uh, since what this is probably what our fourth or fifth time that we've been down here yep. we got about uh, four or five more times before the season comes to an end this is by far the best weather day so if you don't have any plans over the lunch hour if you want to sneak away fortunate enough that you can take a long lunch boy just a spectacular spectacular day get out and enjoy the weather uh, here in central Iowa coming up on the program today John Cannon who covered the Golden State Warriors for a long time is going to join us uh, at 10:30. We'll take a look at a pivotal game three tonight. Saw a stat Trent that when the series is tied in a best of seven in the NBA, if the series is tied after two games, one apiece, the team that wins game three goes on to win that series 83 percent of the time. The epitome of a, I mean, th- this is the game changer right here, and yeah. for Toronto to bounce back. After that performance at times in, in game number two. Good make a shot. Do they have to win this one? I don't think so, though. See, I, I do. I, you do. I do, because they're, they're, they're playing against a wounded team. 
No Durant. He's mm-hmm. not going to play. Clay Thompson is a. I don't know if he's a game time decision. There's been no decision as we sit here at eleven o'clock in the morning whether he's going to be able to go. He couldn't finish game number two as he's dealing with a uh, hamstring injury. We know Looney is uh, yep. is out for the remainder of the season, and he has had a big role in these playoffs. And Ingadala is Ingadala. I mean, he's we've seen him. Uh, when was it game one that he was significantly hurt, and you had to wonder about his status? So. I, I think you got to get them while you can, Trent. Get them here, and if you don't, you have to win then three out of four mm-hmm. against Golden State, even a yeah. wounded Golden State team. Right. Incredibly difficult to do. Yeah, maybe I think you swayed me back this way. The Raptors are going to win it. they got to do it tonight. They, yeah, gotta, they have to get so this too. one. I, I'm with you there. I'm, I'm buying what you're selling now. Uh, what is the number on the game tonight? Golden State's favored by a handful? Four and a half is, is what I saw okay. yesterday. Yeah, right in that range. Yeah, uh, I'll that's take probably a good number. I had five, so that's probably a good number, and... Uh, We'll see if that changes throughout the day. So, um, yeah, four and a half. Boy, it won't be long. We'll be able to get on our app or make our way to Jefferson or Daltuna, wherever you're within the listening audience, and be able to fire at these games. <laughs> uh, just spectacular. Uh, John Cannon joins us at 1030. We'll do a whole lot more on this game. In the 11 o'clock hour, Randy Wayhofer from the Iowa Cubs is going to slide on in here. Trent is crazy. Uh, Dylan Maples was one of the guys that we spent some time talking about yesterday and both felt, boy, this kid's... Not a kid. Uh, he's twenty-seven years old. Um, you know, he's a lot younger than you and I, clearly. <laughs> yes, but yes. you know, kids. When I think about kids making their way into sports, they're you know early twenties, sometimes teenagers, right? Uh, so he's had his opportunity, but he's figuring it out. Mm-hmm. And he got sent down yesterday. I get it that you know if you're going to bring Strope back, somebody's going to have to uh, vacate that roster spot. And Dylan Maples was the guy that. Uh, uh, that the Chicago Cubs identified uh, that they're going to send it back down here. Joe Madden was uh, was asked after the game last night, you know, how difficult that was, or at some point uh, uh, yesterday, and mentioned that you know it was, it was a tough conversation and and a conversation that, and I'm paraphrasing here, that I honestly believe I'm having with Dylan for the final time. So yeah, it seems like. Like he's on the verge of, of sticking with the team. Well, and he's a part of the plan, certainly going forward here. And, you know, we've talked a lot about that bullpen construction and what it's going to be, what it's going to look like by the time we get to September and how different, mm-hmm. you know, it might be at that time. But when you have an arm like that, when you have the flexibility, a guy that can bounce back and forth, he's still got plenty of options left. That is also kind of a feather in the cap. Great point. For this front office it is they can use yep. him in a couple of different roles. If they do find uh, a veteran, options left. Yes. If a veteran, they get that bullpen arm. Not Craig Kimbrell, but even somebody else that they bring in. Mm-hmm. You know, more of a seventh, eighth inning guy, whatever it may be. Maybe that's a possibility. All right. He was up here for a while. We'll send him back down. Mm-hmm. You have that because you can't do that with the veterans. The veterans, you try to send them down. They have to go through waivers They or you outright them, and then anybody can pick them up. So because of that, it was more a numbers game, I think, than anything for Maples yeah, because with you. the the way that he looks right now, he is of this bullpen. I feel more confident with him than I did Carl Edwards, even though Edwards yeah, has been better. Edwards has been really good lately, yeah. but you're right. Um, uh, Maples, if he's got it figured out, he's got a spot on that team. Mm-hmm. By the way, the final guest of the program, it's Wednesday. That means David Kaplan is going to join the program. Yes, we did ask Cappy because as you as if you listen to us over the uh, weeks, Cappy is taped uh, early in the morning. Well, not early in the morning. Early in the morning's five, six Early for us. 8.35 <laughs> is when we get Cappy. We taped Cappy and we did ask him about Kimbrel and the likelihood is there anything going on there um i don't 
I want you to listen. There you go. But uh, it sounds as though that they are at least kicking the tires on uh, on Craig Kibble. And Cappy will join us about 1120. He's brought to us by our friends at Centurion Stone of Iowa. Lots of Cubs conversation coming up with Cap. I watched the postgame show last night, him and Dan Jesus. Yeah, there was really nothing on. There was no NHL. There was no NBA to flip over. So I just left it uh, on the game last night. From where David De Jesus was, and this isn't a surprise, you know, when he first went into television after his playing career ended, to where he is now, it's night and day. It's night and day. Yeah. He's, he's so much better now. And my confidence, I think, and that goes with a lot of vocations. It really does. Sure. You know, if, if you're confident in what you're doing and um, you're going to project that way, and he's, he's certainly coming across like that. And some great perspective out of him last night. So Cappy will join us. Uh, at about 11.20, Centurion Stone of Iowa makes it possible. Here's one for you, uh, pursuant to the Cubs. We'll get to your twins in a minute. Smeltzer, uh, first inning, really, you could tell it wasn't going to be his night. At least you thought it wasn't going to be his night. But give him credit, man. He battled. He did. Uh, he was at, what did he pitch, five and a third? Six Something and a third? like that, yep. Yeah. Um, but it looked like for the longest time that it's going to be a short outing for him, but he hung in there. But we'll get to them in a minute. Uh, the Cubs last night, boy, Javier Baez. Trent, I don't know if it's his... Simple as as because there's a lot of players on that team. Right? Yeah, yeah. Chris Bryant's a really good player. Anthony Rizzo's a terrific player. Addison Russell, you know, on on the between the white lines is a terrific player. That outfield is solid. But um, Contreras behind the plate, love him. Yeah. Does this team go as Baez goes? I guess is where I'm going. Uh I in a way he has. There's a couple of different parts to him. He's got little gamemanship, little showmanship to him. Yes, there, there's does. that element. You need those kind of guys. You know, I still think Rizzo is the quote-unquote face of the team. He seems like when things are going bad, that's the guy that you're talking to. That's the guy that you're listening for. You want to find out exactly what he is saying. And he just seems like to be the front-facing guy of the organization. But the guy that will kick it into gear, the guy that also at times will, here, I'll show you. Mm-hmm. I, I go back to my twins and Kirby Puckett. Mm-hmm. Game yep. six and, and the famous, as they were getting ready to go out on the field, jump on my back, boys. Yeah. And it seems like Javi Baez, he has that I personality so where he'll do it with actions, he'll do it with words, yeah. but more than anything, if, if things are going wrong, you say, all right, I got this, guys. He'll do it in the batter's box. He'll do it in the field. The final two outs of the game last night were just spectacular. <laughs> yes. I mean, what a gun. What an absolute gun. The uh, the second out of the ninth inning, I thought, wow, what a what a great arm he's got. Uh, the third out, the final out of the game was even better. How about Kyle Hendricks last night as well? Maybe not his best stuff, um, but uh, but he guts it out, goes seven. And, and the final two outs of his outing last night, both came by strikeouts. I mean, Finish how about ten. that? Finished with 10, uh, strikeouts 9 and 10 came on the final two batters that he saw in the seventh inning. Then they go to Ciszek, who was terrific, and Pedro Strope comes in and uh, and slams the door. It was a perfect, uh, a perfect outing. You know, seven out of your starter, get your setup guy in there in Ciszek, and he was terrific, and turned it over to Strope, who was just coming back, and bing, bang, boom. Uh, let's sing the song and fly the white W flags. You know what? Another piece that I had out of that is watching Schwarber in the home run. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, it just absolutely killed the baseball. Oh, and how about the guy that caught it, right? Was it caught it with his left hand while holding a beer with his yeah. right or holding a beer with his left and <laughs> caught it with his right? I mean, wow. He uh, just – I still wonder what he is. You know, is this it? Yeah. A guy that's going to hit 225, 230? Mm-hmm. Get on base at a decent clip. Mm-hmm. Draw some walks. I don't like him leading off, but I don't know who you put in his, in his place, Trent. If not him, who? Right. If you put Baez there, you're taking away RBI yeah. opportunities from him. You know, 
who might make sense, Carlos Gonzalez, if this keeps if going the keeps way it going, has. Yes, yes. Now, Carlos Gonzalez, if you look at those numbers in Colorado, they were aided by Colorado, no doubt. Mm-hmm. But the last couple of years... He had 40 he had, bombs one year. Yeah, but he has taken a major step back. Is yeah. this... What's wrong? Because he's relatively young still. Right. It's not like he's 38. Yeah, good point. You he's know, he's like early, mid... Uh, 33? Something around there. Yeah, I don't think... I know he's not 35. So 32, 33, somewhere in there. But it was a precipitous drop yes. from him. I know injuries were a part of that, uh-huh. and we see this happen a lot, but he just wasn't the same guy that we had seen there in Colorado. If he continues to hit, we know he can field, and that team defensively mm. now... Well, did you outfit. hear Deshays and Casper at one point in the game? Schwarber had been removed for defensive purposes. Almora had pinch hit and was going to stay in the game. Mm-hmm. So Car- uh, Cargo goes to left, Almora to center, and, of course, Jason Hayward in, in right. Hayward um, and Cargo both have gold gloves to their name. Almora will at one point uh, before his career is over. I'm convinced of that. He's, he's so gifted. And they were talking about, you know, I mean, find a better outfield defensively and then, again, you got to play Schwarber because of his <laughs> right, bat. Right, right. So, and that's where you're going to park him. You're going to park him in left. But when he came out for defensive purposes, those three guys uh, that were uh, manning the outfield at that point, Cargo in left, Mora in center, and Jason Hayward in right, find a better defensive outfield than that. Right. I dare you. I got one. Okay, you guys, yeah, they're pretty good, too. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty good, too. What do you have yeah. Buxton, the yeah. best defensive center fielder in the nah, game? Yeah, he can go get it. Is he at this point? I think I, you're right. I yeah. think he is. He, you who look who at was? It. Kiermaier? It was Kiermaier for a while. Is your guy Kalar, in Toronto? Yeah, he's now in San Francisco. Um, but he is, any yeah. defensive metric you look at now, he is at the top of the list. Kepler and Wright, very and good. Rosario. And Rosario, who yep. eh, makes a couple boneheaded decisions from time to time. But two good arms in both corners. Good point. Plus that, speed. That's the American League equivalent of yep. what we saw with the Cubs last night. I'll give you that. Yep, I'll give you that. Um, you, you've identified the team that would challenge those three. Now, if you had to flip it back the other way and the Twins were a National League team, now you have to put Nelson Cruz in one of those corner yeah, spots. Yeah. And we're having a different conversation, mm-hmm. much like with Schwarber here, mm-hmm. most day in and day out. With the Cubs. But, yeah, great defensive team out there. The infield is great. Oh, spectacular. Rit Rizzo is as good as you're going to find. Absolutely. He's up there. We know about Javi. We've talked yeah. about him so and, much. And Addison Russell at second base. I mean, he's gifted defensively. Is Bryant the weak spot of your of your defense? Boy, if that's the case, you'd, you'd sign <laughs> I mean, for that any day of the week. How right? nuts is that to think that's of, crazy. though? That's crazy. Who's the worst defender when oh, Schwarber's not out God. there out of that Cubs eight? Oh, my God. <laughs> I think it's Bryant. And he's a good third baseman. Yes. You know, I'd love to see the uh, analytics on that. Who would be the, who is the weakest link? When that's a Mark got... Simon question. We need to get him on next that's week. A, yeah, yeah, we're we're because I love Contreras behind the dish. Yes, uh, and Caratini's not bad, but he's not he's not Contreras mm-hmm. by a long. What would the weakest link of those guys be? <laughs> Whew. fun fun debate to have. Yeah, and and you want to root for a team that's having that debate, right? <laughs> right. Because that means you're pretty damn good. Look, if they can pitch, Trent, this can be a fun year on the north side in Chicago. If they can get pitching. And Kyle Hendricks was terrific yesterday. And Monday afternoon, John Lester mm-hmm. had three subpar John Lester games. He was fantastic against the Angels. I get the fact that they flew. It was a long flight for them. The last thing they wanted to do was leave the West Coast for one game before flying right back to the West Coast. It was going to be difficult. Uh, but Cahill was good in that game on Monday for the Angels. He pitched very well. Um, if Quintana, if Darvish, Cole Hamels was great on Sunday, took the L just because Wainwright was better. Um, boy, if they can pitch, look out. look just, out! And that's a tough division, so it's not going to be easy. Well, back tied now in that division, and, and that's uh, another one I b- wanted to bring up as I was bouncing around last night. And oh, get, the Brewers taking the, the night game. off? <laughs> yeah. So 
I, I missed the this fifth inning, but I got to run you through this. Okay. Eleven runs put up. I didn't watch a pitch, so help me out with it. By the Marlins in the eleventh. Uh, in the fifth, eleven right, runs. In the, yeah. Right in yep. the fifth. Right, right, right. They put eleven runs on the board. Yeah. Without a home run. Wow, that's hard to do. Single walk strikeout. Okay. Okay. Double intentional walk single single double single. So how many guys uh, were at the plate between their first and second outs of the fifth inning? So we got You're approaching ten. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Wow. After the pitching change, another single, an air, double, ground out, single, strikeout. The Marlins. Eleven runs. That one stinks. That's a uh, that's a season high, Tarenta. Pretty safe to say that, right? <laughs> so in relief, it was Taylor Williams. I know nothing about no, Taylor don't Williams. Uh uh-uh. He goes a third of an inning. Gives up eight earned. <laughs> it's going to hurt the ERA. <laughs> Regardless of what it was going in, it is now 12.66. Uh, that is a stinger there. But here's the, here's the good news if you're a Brewers fan. You know what? A game means you, you drop one in the loss column. That's all. Period. Yes. They don't, Run they differential don't doesn't you. matter. No, no penalty nope. for, given that, for given those many runs up. And they'll come back today and they'll whip them. They probably will. I, yes. I would think so. All right, your twins last night. I love the Smeltzer story, as I said, mm-hmm. uh, last week watching his debut. And, you know, you forget about it. As, as well as he pitched, he did so only by only throwing 69 pitches, 53 right. of which were strikes, uh, which was remarkable. Um, Location was a little bit off. Yeah, last it was night. last night. His breaking ball was it was moving a little bit too much inside. He got let's, let's, look. I'll, I'll get the Angel Hernandez coming up. How, what what does he have on Major League Baseball? Honest to God, fair legitimate question. How is Major League Baseball continuing to let him work Major League Baseball games? I don't. I know he sued them because he felt like he's been left out. And these things that he's been left out are, as far as I know, you get postseason based on merit. Mm -hmm. You earn it during the regular season. Watch the Blue Jays and the Yankees last night on Twitter, on YouTube. There's, I mean, everybody's on Twitter. Watch it on Twitter and and just see, Trent, there are balls. And you know how I am, right, about Mm -hmm. this robotic umpires in its time. And we saw You're ready for it. I, I am ready for it. But Angel Hernandez last night, these are balls right down the middle. It's not like, yeah, but he only got a little bit of the strike zone. It was a strike zone when it entered the zone. But it, and uh, the catcher ended up, caught it weird. Yeah, and, yeah. and he, that's not where he was set up, mm-hmm, and he fooled mm-hmm. the umpire. This isn't fool the umpire. This is Well, he was fooled, apparently. Splitting the plate. Splitting the plate ball. <laughs> I mean... But he's not alone. I mean, you, but you he's the worst of the, of the, he's the... He's by far the worst, isn't he? Uh, well, Cowboy Joe West... Who I, I like, by the way. You know why I like him? Why do you? Because <laughs> I need help here because I do not. Um, the guy that the, the longtime writer covered the Rangers and he just passed away. Oh, yeah. There was a lot. Yeah. A lot. And, mm-hmm. and, 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 oh, God. And I feel bad that I can't think of his name. But an outpouring on da- Twitter. Yes, yes. Dallas Morning News covered, the, covered Major League Baseball for years. Joe West in this. Sports writers' final days went to visit him in the hospital. weren't friends. I mean, wow. they, not, not that they weren't. You know, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. They weren't. They, this wasn't uh, Jerry well, Freely. Yes, Jerry Freely. Jerry with a G. Yes. Um, uh, he he showed up and and visited him um, in his final hours. You that's know, good. That, that that that's good. Right. I mean, it's it's not making him a better umpire. He's still no. pissed off at him when he's. <laughs> You know he's do, but it, he's but so least, combative, combative. But he did show a human side there, and yes, yeah. he is very combative. I agree with you, 
but I like the human side that he showed in that. That that moved him up a spot in my book. So good off the field. Yeah, bad on the field. Like maybe maybe that's from. Angel Hernandez too. Yeah, I'd like to. I, I don't know if, if Angel Hernandez did a good humanitarian thing. If that would sway me one little bit, but gosh, he's just god awful. Ah, uh, Smelter. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but you know what? Last one. It's ten and a half now. Mm-hmm. And Should Lindor got him nervous? a couple of times. No. And that's what it was. It was Lindor. Right. I mean, two right. big blasts that he had. Mm-hmm. And uh, at the top of the lineup there, a couple guys at the bottom of the order got on. He's he's our sixth starter. You know, he's mm-hmm. kind of the swing man. That's what he's going to be. As I told you after that first start, he wasn't – nobody looked at him across Major League Baseball as a starter. Right. He was looked at as probably a lefty yes. specialist was going to be his role in the majors. I heard the story last night when I was watching the Twins before the Cubs came on. And so glad Bly Levin's back in there to work, work with Dick Bremer. They're such a good crew. Um, I'm, you know, selfishly, I, worked, I wish Bly Levin would you know, carry the workload that he's carried over the years because mm-hmm. he's terrific at what he does. And they were talking at the end of last year after he came over in the Dozier trade? Yes, to the Dodgers. I yep, think yep, to the yep, Dodgers, right. right? Yep. Came over, came over the, in the Dozier trade, and he had a couple of starts, and they wanted to make him a, a relief pitcher. And he convinced the Twins to give him another chance, so they put him back in. Uh, I believe Dylan Maples just showed up as he's getting a. Oh. Uh, uh, some of his teammates are embracing him over there, so he's back down here. But he, they, the Twins gave him a uh, a regiment that they wanted to work on all winter long. Gave him that opportunity and uh, came back and he got his first start last week. He was terrific. Last night it was not that he was bad. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, uh, he was the second start of his major league career. He got beat by Francisco Lindor a couple of times. Yeah, exactly what happened, right? Exactly. Certainly, what happened. certainly, uh, guys have had that happen a time or two throughout their career. No doubt. One quick note on the NHL before. We break and they don't play. They don't resume till tomorrow. Uh, Zdeno Char, the captain of the Boston Bruins, who took one right in the mush uh, on uh, what night was it? Two, last night? No, two, two nights, nights ago. ago. Monday, Monday night? Where are we? Wednesday, Monday night. Um, it deflected off his own stick as he tried to block a shot and came up, caught him right in the. I thought it was the lip, but apparently his jaw is broken, upper body. <laughs> uh, there's three games left in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Zdeno Char is 41 years old. He is a complete. Uh, as good of a leader as there is, he wears the C on his jersey. We've seen guys with broken jaws miss games in the regular season. We've seen guys with broken jaws that break their jaws in the first period that come back in the second period. For crying out loud, nobody in the listening audience, I'm going to, eh, maybe two. I'm going to set the over and under at two and a half. People have ever heard of Bobby Bond, who played in the 60s. Oh, Bobby Bonds, yeah. I remember no, no, Bob- no, not, not the oh, baseball no. player. No, okay. Uh, the, the hockey player. I think he was number 21 for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Google him. B-A-U-N. Broke his leg. Played in Game 7. Oh, my. <laughs> Broken leg. Played in Game 7. There's something about getting your name engraved on the Stanley Cup. And I don't think the Leafs ever had since then. I will be shocked if Sedano Char doesn't play, is my point. My uh, takeaway is I knew the name. Knew he was a good player. Zidane Chara. Yeah. I didn't realize he was 42. Yes, he's old. Is he 42? I 40, thought he was 41, so he's 42. Okay. 42 years and old. And he signed for another year. Is he? Really? Yes, I believe he just signed. They re-upped him for another year. You know, we, we got him out there, Tom Brady, what he's done in the NFL. Did you see it's the other day point. Russell Wilson said he wants to play till he's so 45? 45, I did. That one struck me as... We've well, got to change his game. He slow down a little bit here. Mm-hmm. It, it's one thing for Tom Brady when he's... What did he say that? He was 38, 39 mm-hmm. and saying he wanted to play until he was 45. 
Russell Wilson's 30. Yeah. That's 15 more yeah, years. Come, come talk to me in five or six years right. and let's see if you still feel the same way. And that bank account's got $150 million in right. it. Right, and his, and his wife's not starving for cash. Right. I mean, that family is doing very, very well, to say the least. We are off and running down here at Principal Park. We're glad you're with us. Uh, we'd love to see you down here. Boy, as, uh, as I mentioned, Skybox, we are packed up here yes. today. There is a lot of group outings. Good for the... Uh, Iowa Cubs, and what a beautiful day for all of those people that are going to be down here enjoying the perfect weather and the amenities that the uh, outfield skyboxes afford you. As I said, Trent, uh, I've sat up there many times behind you know, behind the plate, mm-hmm. uh, and they're all great seats, but there's just something about being out here in, uh, now today in left center field. We're very fortunate to be down here. We're glad you are. Uh, we're- hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. We're glad we are. Uh, if you don't have any plans for lunch, if you can get away, if you can sneak out, maybe take a long lunch, you're the shot caller and you're fortunate to be there. Pull rank. Come on down to the ballpark. Spend some time. Miller and Condon, we'll come back. John Cannon, uh, Trent and I are going to talk about a pivotal game number three in the NBA final tonight. All of those Golden State Warrior injuries. Must win for the Raptors? I tend to lean that way. I think I've got Condon coming along with me. with me. Uh, we're Miller and Condon, live at Principal Park. Thank you to John Sellers, our on-site producer, and, of course, Andrew Downs, who's helping us out back at 2141 Grand, the home of iHeart Des Moines. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. Hawaii or Kevin Durant? Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. All right, welcome back. It's Miller and Condon. We are live at Principal Park. Game time just coming up afternoon. Uh, two for one tickets on a Wednesday. If you have a subway receipt, you can get a reserve grandstand or general admission two for one every Wednesday uh, during the season. Today being Wednesday, one of those days, and it is a absolutely spectacular day for baseball coming up just afternoon. Uh, in the 11 o'clock hour, Randy Wehofer from the Iowa Cubs is going to join us. We'll go around baseball uh, with Randy Wehofer and then David Kaplan. Um, you made the call, Trent, and it was a good call. Normally, we've, for whatever reason, been airing the Cappy piece in the 10 o'clock hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a bigger audience in the 11 o'clock hour. Play the hits is always what I was told yep. while I was coming up in this. The hits are, of course, Iowa and Iowa State. But in the summer, Chicago Cubs are one of those hits. And we're going to move Cappy back into the 11 o'clock hour. And for, for more people, have an opportunity to hear our buddy Centurion Stone of Iowa makes that possible. Cappy at about 11.20. Well, let's talk game three, shall we? As the stat I saw before coming in here today, series that are tied one apiece in a best of seven series. The winner of game three goes on to win the series 83% of the time. John Cannon, who covered the Warriors for a long time. Uh, Jay Cannon Sports is where you can follow him on Twitter. He joins us to help us out with this Golden State Toronto series as the scene moves uh, back to the Bay Area. John Trenton Ken, thanks for coming on, John Cannon. How are you? Well, you're... You sure know how to make the 10 o'clock guest feel good. <laughs> well done. 
I never thought about that, John Cannon. That's funny. That's, that's that's really right. Hey, I'll start in AAA if you want. Okay. All right. I'm, uh, you'll I'll work your way up to the 11 o'clock. We've got to have yeah. goals, right? Yeah. Hey, John, uh, are the Raptors going to look back on Sunday night? That's so funny. You're funny. Uh, look back on uh, Sunday night and think, boy, that's one that got away. It just feels like they couldn't make a shot. Clay Thompson's walking to the locker room. Uh, the start of the second half was just abysmal, as you know. I just got a feeling the Raptors could look back with this with a great deal of regret. We had them, if only, John Cannon. They absolutely will. and But I think they're they're to be forgiven. I think fatigue just grabbed them, guys. I really do. I think they, they were running on adrenaline in that game one. The whole country was behind them. It was such a big deal. And then you have two days off. You come out. You have a great first half. The wheels come off a little bit toward the end of the half, and they were just not ready for the Warriors' th- third quarter thing that they've been doing for years. Yep. Mm-hmm. And 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 then they, you know, thanks to Nick Nurse and the box and one, which I'm sure we'll talk about, mm-hmm. they you know they got back into the game. But even on that last play, they just the Kawhi Leonard not getting to that ball, that pass from Curry that Livingston wow. caught. I, I was shocked that Kawhi Leonard didn't get to that ball. He just had nothing in the tank. And then he didn't go chase Iguodala either. Nobody did. They were all like, ah, whatever. <laughs> you know? Right. And they could say that was our strategy, that was our But you don't want the guy to ever shoot a shot like that unmolested. So I, I think they just ran out of gas at a critical moment. But, but, they, but they're catching a break because the Warriors have some significant struggles here in Game 3. You know, we only saw, I think it was eight players only played for Toronto, going to your your theory there about what was left in the tank. There's a possibility that we uh, might be able to see OG Ananobi. He is back at least somewhat healthy. Maybe he can give them some more minutes. When you look at the other side, you look at Toronto, John, and you look at that bench that they need to play, what would you do? What are the buttons you're pushing to make sure that Lowry and Van Fleet and, of course, Kawhi have something left in the tank for the last two minutes of a game? Well, remember, Lowry's banged up, too, and, mm-hmm. and he's not shooting well because of that. He's been awful and the so first two yes. games. You know, with the exception yeah, of drawing going, charges, John, he's, he's exceptional at doing that. You're, it's a good point. Lowry has not been himself. And he's throwing his body around to, to draw those charges, and that takes a toll. Mm-hmm. So he's, you know, he's more likely to run out of gas. And remember, these guys have played a lot of games, more than they ever have. I mean, there's a couple of players on that team that have been in the finals, but most have not. And, and Kawhi, it's been a long time. Green, it's been a long time. And the Warriors have done this every year. And we talked during the regular season about how that toll, I think the Warriors have played like 140 playoff games in, that, in this five-year run. And Clay Thompson hasn't missed any of them and might miss one tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, the Raptors don't have that experience, that background in the finals. And, and they played tough series. Every one of their series was tough. And, and so I think that's, that's part of where, well, once you recognize something like that, you can overcome it. And I think that's where they'll come from. I don't think they'll have an energy problem in game three. They, they'll have a road problem. You know, the role players don't play as well on the road. And, and they have these shooting, you know, they're just not shooting the ball like they did all season. And they're, it's confusing. You know, when you shot the ball all season and it goes in and then you shoot and, you, and it doesn't. And the Warriors went through this against the Cavs when they lost it in 16. The shots just didn't fall. And it's like, well, whoa, 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 what's happening? And you don't know really what to do. Do I stop shooting? Do I look for different shots? Do I just keep going? It, it, is, it can be really confusing, and Nick Nurse and his staff are going to have their hands full. 
Yeah, no doubt about it. So you, you touched on the injuries, John. What are you hearing on Clay Thompson? You're right, he never misses a game. Uh, it didn't look good. Apparently in the locker room after the game, he was in a, a great deal of pain. Uh, we know Looney's not going to play. Kevin Durant is out for game three. So uh, help us out. with What are you hearing on Durant? And is Clay Thompson a huge question mark? Do you expect him to at least try to go? I, yeah, I expect him to try to go. That's going to be a game-time decision. So you might still not see him, but he's going to try to play. He, that's just that's just clay. And and hamstrings are different than ankles. And, yeah. you know, I, I heard someone um, on one of the national shows say that what would make sense is if, if he's close and two days would make a difference, then you hold him out. Mm-hmm. But if it's going to be two weeks Either way, then you don't really lose anything by throwing him out there. It's not ever going to be like a career-threatening injury. So I would expect that you'll see him. I don't know what you'll get from him. And, and that's really the variables for both of these teams because of that, that one player. It changes the whole game if he's not available or if he's at 50%. You know, another uh, line here with Clay Thompson impending free agency upon him, one of the, I don't know, more interesting stories to me, he doesn't make an all-NBA team. He doesn't make Which one of the first ridiculous. three teams. He should have, absolutely. One of the top 15 players in the league, not a doubt about that. But because of that, he cannot get a super max contract. We're putting contracts now in the hands of sports writers, some of them certainly that don't watch every game and don't watch every Warriors game. It seems like there has to be a better way to do this, John. What are your thoughts on it? Well, yeah, that seemed like a good idea at the time. Right, and, and, and I think it's been that way for a few years, and, and yes. nothing's come of it um, and, until now. And but it was really it was an accident looking for a place to happen. It was bound to happen at some point. So I, I don't, you know, I don't have a, a ready solution. Other, you know, you, if you have the players do it, there's some biases built in there. If you have coaches do it, it's it's difficult. I I just don't think you should be tying the max contract ability to that. I think that's the problem. It's not who votes for the All-NBA teams. It's having such an important thing that can cost so much money being uh, tied into any vote by any body of, of voters. Uh, John Cannon is our guest. John, are you, like me, at, uh, the MVP of this Golden State team through the first two games? And granted, they're one and one, and maybe even going back to the last round of the playoffs. I think Draymond Green, his role on this team, he's averaging almost a triple-double. He's, a, I think, a half a rebound away from a triple-double in this series. But it, it's, it's more than that. It's more than the rebounding, the assists, the points that he's been able to rack up. Defensively, uh, he's, at, he's at another level. I think he's the most, at least so far, and I get Boogie Cousins coming in and doing what he did in Game 2, but for me, Draymond Green, the MVP so far this series for Golden State. I love Draymond Green, and I, I agree that he is playing at the highest level we've seen him play since 2015, except he's got more experience now. So he is he's physically back to where he was with a weight loss, but he is mentally way advanced from where he was then. Right. Um, but it's always Curry, Ken. It is yeah. always Curry because his mere presence on the floor opens things up, changes things. Draymond is an expert at taking advantage of those things. And those, there's a reason that after a lot of, of rotation manipulation, oh, I, I like that, um, that Kerr did over the course of the last couple of years, he arrived at Green and Curry have to be on the floor together. He doesn't rest them at different times. They go out together, they come back together because they feed off each other 
And, and, and I would not say, I'd say it's 1A and 1B. I, I, I really would not put one above the other. There's a tremendous video that Brian Oringer, who's a scout, former NBA scout, did about Green just in the game, just in game two. It's like a 10-minute video of all these plays, and he runs them back two or three times and says, look what Draymond sees here. Look, He's guarding this guy, and then he runs over and guards this guy. I mean, it's phenomenal what he does. But it's always 1A and 1B with those two guys. I wouldn't, I wouldn't separate them. And, and in the pit of my Golden State Warrior fan heart, I really like to see Curry finally get the MVP in the finals and shut all the people up who say he's not a great player because he's never been the MVP of the finals. Yeah, that, that narrative certainly is a tired one. I agree with yeah. you there. John Cannon joining us. We take hey. a look at the NBA, the Warriors in particular. John, hey. longtime scribe hey, with the Warriors, covered Hi. them on the beat, now living here in Des Moines. All right, John, uh, with that, uh, Draymond Green, as you talked about him, saw this guy at Michigan State. Eh, maybe he can carve out a niche in the in the league. Ken talked about his importance to this team and being an MVP and on and on and on. How did he make himself this? How did he turn in? to this kind of player, and how much of that credit needs to go to Steve Kerr of being able to find a way to make him so good? Well, let's remember David Lee, who had the uh, foresight to have an injury in training camp <laughs> in 2015 yeah. and opened the hole. And then what Steve Kerr gets credit for is when David Lee got healthy, he did not put him back in the starting lineup. And, and that was, you know, people forget how great Kerr was right out of the shoot as a head coach, getting Iguodala to come off the bench, which opened things up for Harrison Barnes. You know, the, the Harrison Barnes, everybody here knows him and what a great kid he is and everything else. He needed to be on the floor with the starters, and he would fit very well there. But Iguodala had to accept the bench role in order to do that. Well, this David Lee, Draymond Green thing was really similar. Draymond had had a lot of potential coming out of Michigan State, very smart player, and a motor. He had a motor that wouldn't quit. And I remember listening to games on the radio when he in, in his first training camp, his exhibition games. It's like every time he was in the game, he was getting mentioned all the time by the radio guy. You know, and that's how you can tell that a player is really active. And and he just got better and better. And then Lee helped him with running that four on three. You know, when they double Cur- Curry, I, I still five years later the the similarities between the names. Stephen Curry and Steve Kerr, I find really eerie when you talk about these two guys. Anyway, Steph Curry gets doubled. Draymond's got a four-on-three. Well, David Lee really taught him how to operate that. David Lee just wasn't as good at it as Draymond Green is. So a lot of work, some luck, great players around him. But he's the guy that this year he decided he was going to lose weight after the All-Star break. Lost 25 pounds. And that is what really catapulted him back to being the player he was before. Now, guys, I, I know I, when I was doing radio, I hated when the guest interviewed himself, but I have a question for myself that okay. I didn't get a chance to tell you guys earlier. Yes. I have, based on, on something I heard on your show last week, I've got a great Nick Nurse, Steve Kerr story for you. Are you guys ready? Okay. Yes. Away. All right. So when Steve Kerr started as head coach, never coached anywhere else. Okay. Now these two guys have very little in common except they were great three point shooters in college. Other than that, you got small town. You know, Kerr was from L.A. Kerr played in the Pac-10, Pac-12. I don't even know what it was then. Nick played at Northern Iowa. He went on the coaching route, went overseas, D League, all that. Kerr goes and and does TV uh, after his long NBA career. But they had one thing in common. They walked into their very first day of practice. They had a binder. I learned this on your show. They had a binder of out of bounds plays. 
They had both been collecting out-of-bounds plays through their whole career. Yeah. And this is what your guy, uh, Jerry Crawford, told you guys last week. Yeah. And and I'd heard it about Kerr years ago, that he would just jot him down. He would do in TNT games. He'd seen out-of-bounds play he liked. He'd just jot it down, tuck it in a notebook. Didn't know if he'd ever coach, but if he ever did, he wanted to have him. So now we're two games into this finals. Or maybe this happened after game one. I'm not sure. Players go up and they call timeout. Usually they call timeout over by their bench, right? They go, they dribble the ball over. Everyone knows it's going to be a timeout, but you can't take it in the backcourt because then you have to inbound the ball back there. So you get it across the line and you call timeout. Well, Kerr noticed that Toronto was calling timeout in the middle of the floor. So he called Monty McCutcheon, the head of NBA referees, Mm -hmm. and said, Monty, why are they doing that? And Monty said, because then they can decide where they want to take the ball out. Uh-huh. And Steve Kerr said, I'm going to do that from now on. That's brilliant. That's really good. It's not exactly that? just rolling the ball yeah, out. No, that's, that's, that's good insight, John Cam. John, last thing for you. Um, if you're, it, it seems like there was a, a much more emphasis put on shutting down Siakam, who went for 30-something in game one, held him to 12. That uh, that's uh, that was no accident, right? That that was part of the defensive plan uh, to uh, to uh, limit this Raptors team, and it worked. Well, yes, but I think that the problem for the Warriors in Game One was that scouting can only do so much. The scouts tell you, hey, these guys really like to run. They like to run after made baskets. They run after missed baskets. They just run, and you could tell people that. But especially veteran players are like, yeah, yeah, whatever. We can run too. Well, they got run out of the gym. So they came into game two with a much bigger focus on getting back on defense. If you look back at game one, a lot of Siakam's baskets, some of them were crazy, number one, and you've got to rule those out. Those aren't sustainable. But the ones that weren't crazy were mismatches. They were things where he never got picked up in the, in the front court, and he, was, he had a lot of open looks based on transition. So the Warriors worked on not just Siakam, but in general, upping their transition game, and they did much better at it. And, and then Siakam, also, he's going to come down to earth. I mean, he's not that guy. You know, and, you, and you have to know he's not. That. Probably the worst thing that could have happened to him was to have that happen in game one because it, it focused the Warriors on him yep. as well as the transition problem. So, yes, did, did Raymond Green go to bed that night thinking, that guy's not going to do that again? You know, yes, he did. But it was part of an overall increase in in defensive intensity and especially in transition that they created that um and Gasol too Gasol just you know he just didn't get the open right. looks that he had and he kind of he fell back to his mean and you know what guys he does not look at the basket enough he gets the ball sometimes deep in the paint and he's passing it right back out and you know the, the Raptors need him to be more aggressive inside and, and maybe you know maybe he will be after he sees that tape John Cannon, John Cannon, this was an 11 o'clock worthy spot. Well done, John Cannon. Thank you for uh, helping us out here this morning. Appreciate it, bud. That means more to me than you'll ever know, Ken. Thank you very much. Great to be on with you guys. Yeah, Thanks, good Dad. to talk to John Cannon, who covered Golden State for a long time, helping us out here with game number three tonight. Uh, somebody just sent the text. Kerr and Nick Nurse were both number 25 in college. Kerr at Arizona, you and I yeah. for Nick Nurse. Didn't know the numerical tie to the two about the two head coaches. Nick Nurse, I remember watching him play with the Panthers at the Unidome. And uh he liked the Oh, so you do remember yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. good shooter. Yeah. That's about it. Well, good shooting camp, you would think you could yes. shoot the ball, right? But he was the guy that it was a look I really liked. The like bike shorts, you know, the tight 
bike shorts because he had the short shorts back then. Okay. And then he had the long shorts underneath it. Who was the NBA? Was it Kenny Skywalker that also had that look? I tried to pull it off. It (laughs) didn't work very well. It wasn't working for you. Thank goodness for the Fab Five and the baggy shorts that came in. I was good after that. We will uh, come back here, finish the first hour of the program. We're busy in hour number two. Lots of Cub conversation. Randy Wayhofer from the Iowa Cubs will start the 11 o'clock hour. David Kaplan at 1120. Good spot from John Cannon. Uh, You can follow him on Twitter, Sports at Sports. Appreciate him coming on. We'll be back to wrap up hour number one. We're Miller and Condon. We're live at Principal Park where they're playing baseball here in a little more than an hour we're on Des Moines Sports Station 1460 One for podcasts Des Moines Sports Station 1460 KXNO Hey, welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Final couple of minutes here of the first hour of the program. Uh, coming up in the 11 o'clock hour, Randy Wayhofer from the Iowa Cubs and David Kaplan, uh, Comcast Sports, no, NBC Sports Chicago. Uh, will join us as um, an NB, or ESPN rather, uh, 1000 over in the Windy City. Uh, don't forget, folks, coming up on July the 19th, it's back. It's Hackfest. Uh, the scene, uh, once again this year, is Copper Creek. Copper Creek will host Hackfest on July the 19th. For all the details, uh, go to kxno.com, kxno.com. It's an annual event, Hackfest, uh, coming up on the 19th of July KXNO.com for more details. All right, Trent Condon. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Cannon was very good. Yes. Um, what, did you, what did you learn, if anything? You know, I, I thought it was interesting, the out-of-bounds plays yeah, that, that, that he brought up. And yeah. the usage by Nick Nurse of mm-hmm. where they called the timeout right. and how that is. And, and you hear these stories all the time. And it's just guys that are built for the job that they do. Mm-hmm. And it's little things like that. Steve it's Kerr. the minutiae of the game that I never would have noticed in a million years. No, not at all. It's those little pieces yep. that just sit there, and they're important. Mm-hmm. People, in regardless of the sport, you hear this, I think, at all kinds of different levels. It's just, oh, it's easy. Roll the ball out. Manager, right. you're the manager of American League. You don't have to do anything. <laughs> For the most part, you're right. But there is Go those. Go argue with Angel Hernandez. Right. <laughs> That's about all you have to do. But there are those little things that do add up over the course of 82 games of a regular season or 162 in baseball mm-hmm. or 16 games of the NFL, whatever it is, just those little things. You know, football-wise, what we were talking about yesterday and the Hail Mary play and now with the new mm-hmm. pass interference being reviewable, how much time are coaches going to dedicate? You know that Bill Belichick is. Of course, he's out of everybody. But are the other 31 teams, how much time do you dedicate to it? Yeah, fair points. All right, 11 o'clock hours next. Randy Wayhofer will lead it off. Uh, David Kaplan coming up at about 11.20. We're live at Principal Park, Miller & Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Now, today's biggest stories from the BMW of Des Moines Sports Desk. This is an X's and O's update on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. And I'm Trent Condon. Grandview Football will have a new head coach next season, but the last name will stay the same. Mike Woodley announced Tuesday that he's stepping away to start another program. Mike Son Joe will take over as head coach after serving as associate head coach and offensive coordinator. Mike Woodley finishes his career at Grandview with a 93-35 and record, including the 2013 
NAIA National Championship. It's back-to-back state championships for Waukee and boys high school soccer after the Warriors run past Iowa City West yesterday 3-1. The girls' state tournament begins tomorrow. Local high school baseball scoreboard Des Moines Roosevelt, an upset victory over Dowling Catholic 3-0. Southeast Polk shuts out Creston 4-0. Van Meter over Des Moines Christian 4-3. And Woodward Granger shuts out Madrid 1-0. Two Major League Baseball and the Cubs get going again behind the bat of Javi Baez. In three yesterday, and this is deep to center, and it's going to go! Two-run homer! The call from NBC Sports Chicago. Baez goes 3-4 for four in the 6-3 Cubs victory. Today in regional MLB, the White Sox are at the Nationals' 12.05 first pitch. The Twins look to bounce back against the Indians. Brewers host the Marlins after getting throttled yesterday. The Royals host Chris Sale and the Red Sox. And the Cardinals host the Reds. Hear the game right here on 1460 KXNO. And day baseball down here at Principal Park as we're broadcasting live. 12.08 with the first pitch. Game two of the homestand for the I-Cubs. Live from the Wild Rose Casino and Resort Jefferson Studios, you'd rather be here. This is 1460 KXNO. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, they are Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. All right, welcome back into the 11 o'clock hour. It's Miller and Condon. We are live at Principal Park, the confluence of the Raccoon and the Des Moines River. Baseball, about an hour and 10 minutes or so away. It's just a beautiful, beautiful day. I'm, you don't have to tell you that. I'm sure most of you have been able to look outside the window. It is spectacular. If you can, if you're looking for some place to go and do something different over the lunch hour, you can take a long lunch, maybe Take the rest of the day off. What a perfect day for baseball down here today. As the Padres affiliate, AAA affiliate of the San Diego Padres, El Paso is in town uh, before Albuquerque comes in for the weekend. Randy Wayhofer in his regular spot when we're out here at the ballpark, which we will be again on Monday. We look forward to that already. Don't want to wish this week, uh, this day away, though. Uh, Randy, good to see you again, my friend. Uh, just a beautiful day. Trent and I were uh, talking earlier. This is probably the best day that, since of all our visits what a spectacular day weather-wise. Yeah. I woke up early this morning for the day game and looked out the window and saw those dark clouds out to the north and east and went, yeah. oh, not again. Because you guys uh, have had very little But luck, uh, fortunately, that stayed north and east. And uh, uh, the hard part was I was looking at the radar and looking at the sky, and they just did not match mm. whatsoever. And I'm glad the radar won out and it's turned into a, yeah, this has been one one of our best days of the year. Well, you got a long homestand here, a decent-sized homestand here, but a lot packed into it. And I want to do that first promotional-wise. Then we'll get to some of the guys who want to talk about Maples and Alzalay and Zagunas and Hap, etc. some of those uh, players that uh, will be here along with us here today. But uh, promotion-wise, Demonios, uh, Des Moines Demonios going to wear new uniforms, uh, celebrating the Hispanic-Latino heritage on Saturday night. I think that's, uh, as you told us that when we were for our first visit down here, I got to thinking, this got a chance to be a really big night down at the ballpark Saturday. Yeah, I, I, you know, we've certainly tried to shout from the mountaintops about all that we have going on with this and, and uh, tell the story behind 
how we came up with the name, mm-hmm. uh, you know, wanting, you know, the minor league baseball. This is a, a, a national program. Uh, there's 72 different teams in minor league baseball creating these uh, identities to engage the local mm-hmm. Latino communities. Uh, we just played our, our first game as the Demonios technically on the road in Round Rock on Sunday yeah. against the uh, Chupacabras uh, of, uh, of Round Rock. So, so did you guys, let me interrupt you for did you guys, were you given that name, or you told you guys have to be the Demonios, or did you? Was there a meeting internally? How to take us through yeah, that process? Yeah, so we yeah we 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 looked at it um, because minor league baseball has done this for a couple of years, and this is our our first entry into the promotion. Uh, they had learned some things uh, and suggested creating a different identity okay. than your normal name. There was a couple of teams that translated their name and. Their local community said, duh, we, we know what the <laughs> Spanish word for your name is. <laughs> what does that mean to me? Uh, uh, you know, so we, we started, and really the Cubs, the Chicago Cubs are, are well ahead of this in a, in a big city like Chicago, and mm-hmm. they've, uh, they've got marks and, and things for uh, the, the Spanish translations of, of Cubs. Uh, I forget what it is now. I, I used to know it much better. Uh, so we started thinking, well, what is meaningful here? Uh, and the Demons is a name that's all, uh, that we have on the concession stand on the first base side is a historical name for the organization in the, back, going back to the 20s and then again in the 50s. Mm. Uh, the Demons T-shirt, throwback T-shirt to that old logo has been popular in the store for a long time. Uh, we thought we could do something cool with that kind of character. And then the Demons in Spanish is Demonios, which looks a lot like Des Moines, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. When yeah. you put it in in script, uh, like it's like it's uh, scrambled up, and you, you just started digging a little bit deeper, and there was all these things that just made so much sense. Uh, you know, we, we uh, worked with someone from the minor league office on developing the new logo uh, that we thought, you know, we didn't want to go too far in in, in terms of a, a real negative connotation with the word demon. We, you know, the instructions were to make him look mischievous more than evil. Uh, you know, we always talk about Des Moines, the best place to raise a family and the best place to retire and the best place for young professionals. We're on all of these Got lists. a lot of things going for you know, it. You know, so we, uh, you know, the, the story behind the logo was we want that character to make you think he knows something that you don't, kind of like we know about living in Des Moines that the rest of the country hasn't figured out yet. And I like it figured that way, out to yet. be honest <laughs> with you. Stay away. That, that, that lady that came in from the New York Times and, and ripped that place over, of all things, what, coconut? What was it? Coconut milk or yeah. I don't even know almond milk, yeah. Almond milk, almond milk. There you go. <laughs> uh, yeah, good. Tell more people that story. Keep the heck out of here. Uh, but so, what? What was there? Anybody in that room? And then we'll move on. But this fascinates me here. So take us back into that. Was there one person in the room that was politicking hard for another name that didn't make it? Was there one that, or was no, it kind I, of consensus? I think once, once we, once we kind of exhausted the. Uh, Cachorros is the the Cubs translation, uh, and the Chicago Cubs. When you tra- go hit an Espanol on Cubs.com, okay, yeah. you know that is used frequently. Uh, you know, so that's theirs. So what was ours? And the more we talked about it, you know, we did the Oaks thing with the th- yeah. uh, the anniversary last year, mm-hmm. and you know what else is meaningful locally? Um, and we just kind of kept coming back to that because there's so much of. You know, there's a merchandise angle to this, obviously. Sure. Um, and it's and available just, now, right? Yeah and, we, yeah, and we just thought that was really the most engaging character that we could tell a really good story with. And, and the, once we kind of got through the beginning, beginning stages of getting to that, uh, yeah, it, it became 
very very good buy-in on our staff as to where we were headed with that. So I am the self-proclaimed uniform czar of Iowa. Okay. And got to see the duds on the field on Sunday. They're sharp. They're really good looking. Are the home set the same as what you guys wore on the road on Sunday, or the all-navy blue look? Yeah, we, we designed the, the navy blue pants to match the jerseys so that we could wear them both home and away and reciprocate. You know, if you just did a white set, if everybody just does a white right. set of uniforms, then you can't play, you can't reciprocate with the other teams that are participating because both teams can't wear white uniforms. Right. You know, and if you got just something that goes with your gray pants or with your white pinstripe pants, then it only works in, in one way or the other. So to be economical and only get one new set of <laughs> uniforms to begin with in the first year of the promotion, um, but to be universal, to be uh, a, uh, able to wear it both home and away, uh, and not only have a good promotion at Principal Park, but good partners in the league. Uh, we went with the blue on blue, and if this goes as well as as we think, this isn't a one-year thing. You know, this oh, is going to be ongoing. Uh, so, you know, we can add a, a white uniform and make the blues the road, mm-hmm. or uh, add a, a red or an alternate, or, or and, and expand from there. But yeah, that's where we started with the intent of making it. Uh, Universal, both home and away, where we could wear it both places. Uh, the the roster in a second. One more promotions, big promotions. We of course the fireworks on Friday, uh, Demonios as we talked about Des Moines Demonios on Saturday. Um, last night, did I see this right? Four hundred ninety-seven dogs in the ballpark. <laughs> yes. Is that a record? I mean, I, I would have to think that. Yeah, that's... We, we've been we've been yeah four fifty to five hundred the last couple of times really? uh, that wow. that we've done it. Uh, People love that, don't they? They eat it up. It is it is uh, uh, it is a date that fans circle on their calendar. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a couple. There's one more. We'll do two? one more in August. August, uh, right? You know, it was three years ago. I think we always did it in August, um, and you know, it was one a year. And it became so popular, we said, well, why don't we do one in May? You know, we try to stay out of the true heat of the summer. You know, this one was in the June only because we had that long road trip. Uh, and we didn't really have a date in May where it, where it fit uh, into the calendar and, and pushed it to early June. But, uh, yeah, I, I imagine we'll have around 500 dogs at the, the date again in August, too. Uh, it's become something, and especially with the way downtown has grown and, and people that uh, walk their dogs on the trails around the ballpark regularly, yeah, you know, they get to bring them in uh, a couple times a year, and and uh, yeah, it, it was it was a lot of fun. We were here two years ago for one of the dog days. We do not have any animals at the house, but my little one very excited about that day, and all the puppies running around, and she was chasing after them and I petting all of them, here. and That's right, you really that. enjoyed that day. So if you're somebody like me that doesn't have anybody there, but you have children that enjoy the dog days. You can come out and kind of kill two birds with one stone. Yeah, you know, we have a good partnership with the ARL, and they are here and, and help us register the dogs and, you know, kind of give uh, at least a first impression of, uh, you know, if, if there's a dog that looks like they may not be real good with other dogs <laughs> oh, or, nice. or big crowds. We've got some people that are more expert than we are uh, uh, on some of those things. So, you know, we do try uh, our best to, uh, you know, make sure that, uh, if you're allergic to dogs or you showed up have, from out of town and had no idea we were doing dog days mm-hmm. that day, we'll, we'll find a place in the ballpark where you can enjoy the game Somebody just very sent me well, too. a picture from that of last night. Look at that. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's awesome, my buddy Leon. All right, let's get to the roster. Uh, I want to start with Dylan Maples, who Trent and I spoke about him yesterday during our show. We were both impressed with him, thinking, wow, 
There's a guy that's maybe he's finally arrived, right? And Joe Madden at some point yesterday when they had to make the roster move, I get it. Strope's coming back on the roster. Somebody's got to, you know, lose their spot. Seems like Maples is right on the cusp. And as Madden said to him in his, you know, exit meeting, if you will, you're so close. I believe this is the final time I'm going to have this conversation. What does he need to do, do you think, Randy? Because I think he's been terrific. Yeah, I, I think there's a, there's a, a small command piece where the walk total is higher mm-hmm. uh, than you'd like it to be, uh, ideally. Uh, certainly he has the stuff to get around that. Yep. Uh, I think because he has that stuff, and you think about high leverage situations, uh, the part that is a little scarier from Joe Madden's perspective is how is he going to react when I have to bring him out, bring him in with runners in second and third, mm-hmm. as opposed to a clean inning? You know, Excellent I, point. the the walk to start the inning isn't the disaster. It's what happens if there's the bases loaded, two outs, and you're the best matchup. Can I count on the fact right. that you you're going to you're going to give give me a chance to get that out? And I think he's very close. There, there's there's a small if still there, but he's come a long way mm-hmm. uh, in the two seasons he's been here. Uh, and the other part of it is just numbers. Right. You know, he's the only guy in the bullpen with options to come mm-hmm. down as Strope comes back up. And Ryan's a lefty, and he's not losing his spot. And and he's out of options. Uh, oh, so is he? He's he out of options. He can't come oh, down without answer. going through waivers. Yeah. Uh, so he's, uh, yeah, there's been, whether it was Edwards, when Maples goes up, the rotating door that we had with mm-hmm. Norwood and Wick uh, and some of the others as they kind of work through after that extra inning game last week and called up a new guy every every day. Yeah. Um, that's because there's only one spot in that bullpen now where guys with options can rotate through and, and use a fresh arm. So with Stroke coming back, he's the only option they had to send down without exposing someone to the waiver wire, and there was no desire or, or true need to do that at this time how many options do guys get in their minor league career and in a single season it's three years you can be optioned as many times within that that season uh there so there's three seasons where those options are available so if you get sent down you have to remain down for seven days without an injury before you can go back up okay there's no you can be up for one day and get sent down immediately you know, but that starts with going on the 40-man roster. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you get mm, right. added to the 40-man roster as a young guy to get protected from the Rule Five draft and go to spring training next so year, your clock's ticking once you get added. And to get that. as soon as you get sent out of Major League camp, yeah. that fir- first time, that's your first option gotcha. year beginning. You know, so for a guy like Dwayne Underwood, was protected a year ago coming out of Double A mm-hmm. as a starting pitcher. He hasn't gone up and down very much, but this is already year two. You know, next year is going to be the last year that he has options left. You know, so you can uh, – it's the, the totality of the season. And once you get optioned once, um, that's what starts that clock. Okay. I love learning stuff about the intricacies of uh, minor league to mm-hmm. major league baseball. That's fascinating information. All right, Alzale. Boy, oh, boy, his last two have been really good. We're back to that problem again. <laughs> you know, the Cubs' starting pitchers are pitching very well. I think you want to, if you're going to send him up, correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, he's stretched out. It's easier said than done just to throw him in the bullpen. I think he wants you want to bring him up as a starter, wouldn't you? I think that's what you're developing him mm-hmm. for. Um, uh, and you've got five veteran starters who are doing fine yep. overall. They've all had... Bumps. Bumps in the road, yep. but that's part of a 162-game sure. season. Uh, the complicating factor there is if somebody of that current five gets hurt, 
what about Tyler Chatwood? The oh, way he's yeah. thrown the ball this year, he's got to get that spot, you would think, yeah. uh, because of what you're paying him, uh, mm-hmm. because of his status. Mm-hmm. Do you lose him completely if you bypass him for a, a 22-year-old prospect? You know, how does the clubhouse feel about that? I don't know the answers to any of these. Uh, really these, these good are the, questions. These are the questions that, you know, guys get Theo and Jed get paid the big bucks to, to answer when they make those kinds of, of decisions. I, I think they are very uh, cognizant of the fact that they have not drafted and developed or signed, in the case of Alzale as a international free agent, you know, Hendricks was acquired in a trade, mm-hmm. even though he came up through their minor league system. The, this Cub regime has yet to acquire and develop a major league starting pitcher in their tenure. I think Alzale is intended to be the first uh, of, of of that list, and certainly has the physical capabilities of doing that. Yeah, they've so, checked a lot of boxes, those execs, but that's one that remains unchecked. That's so you know, Hamels is on the one year option at, at mm-hmm. twenty million dollars. Can they afford? to keep him another year is is he worth that one year older uh if Alzale continues like he was worth it at Bush this past yeah, year. you know but if Alzale continues to have the season that he does and then you take a look at you know Quintana Hamels you know, Hendricks has already been extended as Darvish I think he's got a couple more yep. years left Lester's got a couple more years left so you look at those those two veteran lefties and when those contracts come up how good do you feel about his ability to be to, to be your fifth starter essentially and and go in into that that spot uh, and and time will tell he's got to stay healthy uh you know he he looked this good last year and went on the shelf in mid-may and didn't come back so uh he, the, he's this good now do it for three months and and mm-hmm. be healthy through it all right so let's go to the end of the season fast forward here you only need four starters in the playoffs for the big cubs and we famously, what, 13, 14 years ago, David Price, early in his career, and with the Rays, they used him as a bullpen piece. Could he be that kind of guy? Could they find a role like that for him? You know, we talk about Kimbrell and other bullpen options and things like that. Could that be something where they say, hey, let's keep the innings down in here, you know, in August, let's turn him into a reliever for the rest of the year? Does he have that kind of makeup, do you think? Uh I, I I don't know him well enough. I've been around him long enough to understand he's a pretty quiet mm-hmm. guy, and you know I, I haven't had much interaction with him to know makeup wise, stuff wise. He can do whatever he wants to do yeah. uh, in, in in that respect. Uh, you know I would imagine if things go well, he goes up in September because he's on the forty man mm-hmm. roster. And then if he's a hot hand going into making those playoff rosters, and and you and he. And he fits uh, within the the scope of what what you're doing. Um, you know, they put Rob Zastrzny on the playoff mm-hmm. roster for the yeah. matchups with the Dodgers and mm-hmm. the it's a good thing a, they did in the NLCS a, a couple of years ago. You know, so they're not afraid to make that move if they think that they provide the yeah. the right matchups. But um, you know, I think the health thing is probably the biggest. You know, if he's healthy, he's going to give him a, a tougher choice. Last thing for Randy Wayhofer, David Kaplan uh, will join us. We'll talk about the big Cubs coming up here in about those six or seven minutes. Cargo, did you think it was going to be as short a stay in AAA as it was? Uh, he's gone up to the big club, and he's been he's been really good. I mean, that catch on Monday afternoon was uh, as good a catch as you're going to see. Uh, he's doing uh, so far so good uh, in, in the batter's box, too. Um, did, did, was that the plan all along? Yeah, you know, it all came out of. I mean, all of that developed while the team was gone right. on that road trip. I didn't even hear whispers about him being in play until hmm. he was joining us while the uh, the team was in New Orleans and and headed to Round Rock. 
uh, with his track record, all he needed to show was that he was game ready. Right. And his timing was down and hit a home run his second day in Round Rock, and his swing looked good. And, you know, so it's not a matter of is he capable. It's a matter of, you know, how much time do you need to feel right? Uh, and it apparently didn't take very <laughs> no. much time at all. And they got the answer to that question that they needed. And, you know, uh, Jim Adusi is uh, a terrific guy and, yeah. and was killing the ball for us. And uh, before he got called up to – uh, to move into that that spot, you know, but Jim's 35 now, yeah. uh, and and is so where uh, is he? Is he kind of in purgatory? If he doesn't get picked up, he'll come back down here. Do you yeah, think? he he would have the option to decline yeah. it. I think at this point in his career, but right. but I, I what I understand is he's willing to come back here unless someone else is willing to make the waiver claim, give him a major uh, league and, opportunity, and give him major league opportunity. So if no one claims him, he'll probably be back with us before the end of the homestand. But there's a 72-hour period that he's got to wait gotcha. through to see if any claims come in. Well, we'll be with you before the end of the homestand. In fact, the final day of the homestand on Monday, the I-Cubs are home through Monday. Albuquerque, Demonios Day, Des Moines Demonios on Saturday. Uh, anxious, crossing my fingers, the weather works out for you people. It really are. The more we've looked at it, the rest of the week keeps looking better and better. So uh, whatever we've been doing, let's keep it up. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you, Randy, for having us down here. As always, we will take a time out. David Kaplan joins the program next. Miller and Condon, we're live at Principal Park on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. For your business. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Welcome back as we come to you uh, live from Principal Park Day Baseball down here in about, oh, 45 minutes or so, not even 45 minutes. Uh, they will start the game. El Paso is in town. Beautiful day for baseball. Come on and see the AAA affiliate of the Chicago Cubs. Speaking of which, David Kaplan joins us. His regular spot, Centurion Stone, makes it possible. Cubs coming off a nice win last night. Javier Baez looks as though he's back. Boy, Cappy, good to talk to you, as always, my friend. Are we getting to a point as... Uh, we can pinpoint it. Well, as Baez goes, so go the Cubs. Yeah, I don't know if I. It's good to be with you guys. I don't know if I go to that degree as Javi goes, so go the Cubs. Um, they just have you know this core group of Baez and Bryant and Rizzo and Contreras, and as those four guys go, so go the Cubs. But you know, Javi's obviously a huge part of what they do. He's amazingly talented. He plays with great passion, and uh, he makes plays not only with base hits, but with extra base hits, with home runs, with his power, and with his legs. He, uh, you know, the first run last night, he is able to go out and make a play and score because he's aggressive and he's always hustling. So, I wouldn't say as the Cubs go is how how or as Hobby goes is how the Cubs go. But certainly those four guys. You know, I watched your post game show last night, uh, Cap, and you guys put up a graphic at some point on Baez. You know, comparing the last two seasons through fifty seven games, average up over fifty points. Home runs are up. The only category that's down is RBI on base percentages through the roof. Slugging percentage is also up significantly. So he is having an unbelievable. As somebody pointed out, if not for that guy in L.A., we may be looking at at least at this point as the most valuable player in the National League. Yeah, he's certainly right in that discussion. And let's not forget that at the end of August of 18, he was the MVP last year. And then Yelich had that all-world September, and deservedly so, won the MVP. So, you know, we got a long way to go. The rest of June, all of July, August, September. So 
ton of baseball to be played. We'll see where this thing ends up. Coming into uh, last night, Baez was eight for his last 43. Dealing with that heel injury, is that something, Cap, you believe is going to be something that lingers for the whole season, something that is probably going to be at the background of everybody's mind throughout the year? It doesn't sound like it's going to be something lingering uh, because they've said to him, hey, you want to play third? If that helps, you don't have to move as much. And he's like, no, I'm good. I'm ready to go. So um, I, I guess maybe it can be a little bit of a creaky thing because he wants to play every day so he doesn't get time to get off of his feet. But we'll see how this all breaks down. But he says off the air, this is not just for on the air, off the air, I'm good. I'll be okay. You know, with the depth of this team and the way that they are built, if it does turn into that, and we're, we're still talking about this, you know, around the all-star break, because of the depth, I mean, could they afford, and especially now with the 10-day as opposed to the 15-day old DL, now with the 10-day IL, you think they could afford, hey, let's set them down for 10 days in, in July, make sure that thing is right? You talking about hobby? Yeah, yeah. If, if it if it becomes a longer concern, and we're still talking about it a couple weeks down the line. I mean, he'd have to be seriously injured. They're okay. not setting him down for 10 days. No shot. Mm-hmm. I mean, now if you tell me he has to, the doctor said he sure. has to, different story. But just because, no. If this was 2016 and they were 7,000 games in front, <laughs> maybe. But no, every game counts. There's no chance they're taking their most impactful guy and putting him on the injured list unless the doctor says you have to. Yeah, it's going to be a hell of a race, no doubt about it. Cap, Carlos Gonzalez, cargo was a very low-risk move. Uh, didn't, uh, you know, just bringing him over seemed like a no-brainer after he was released. So far, so good. The catch on Monday afternoon uh, was uh, was just spectacular. He's, he's do, getting things done at the plate. So far, so good for Carlos Gonzalez, who can play a whole lot of field as well. Very good defensively. Yeah, three-time Gold Glove winner. He's got big-time power, and he is one of the best clubhouse guys. So everyone who's been around him has said, oh, God, what a great addition in the room. He's just a professional baseball player, and he's only 33. It's not like this is hmm. 38 years yeah. old. You know, he's 33 years of age. He says, I got plenty left in the tank, plenty left in the tank. So we'll see how he develops if he, if he hits. He's going to continue to play. If he is putting the ball in play, he's going to continue to get opportunities. Mm-hmm. If you don't forget, he hit 40 home runs not too many years ago. Cap was at one point in the game, uh, and I'm sure you heard the same thing. Casper and Deshays were talking about once Schwarber had been removed and uh, Cargo moved over to the left and Hayward's in right. Uh, and of course, Elmora comes off the bench in a pinch hitting role and stays in center field. Boy, oh boy, that outfield is spectacular defensively with those three. Yeah, as much question as we sometimes have on the Cubs' offensive outfield, defensively with that group is sensational. I mean, you got three either Gold Glove winners or in Al Morris' case hasn't won one yet, but certainly he could. will. Yep. And yeah, absolutely. So to be able to have that type of a defensive alignment is a huge, huge upgrade if you have leads late in games. David Kaplan joining us. Hey, Cap. So, Cardinals get it done over the weekend. They take the sweep. Cubs currently tied with the Brewers in division. We know the Pirates and Reds, nice, solid, plucky teams, but I don't think any threat to win this division. Who concerns you more, the Cardinals after the sweep, though three games back, or the Brewers as the Cubs sit tied with them as we begin today? For me, it's Milwaukee. I think the Cardinals are short in starting pitching. I just don't, I just don't look at them and go, there's the division champ. I do look at Milwaukee 
uh, and say, that, that team's really good. Now, if they go out and sign whoever it is, Dallas Keuchel, or they add Kimbrell to the bullpen, or they make an impactful trade for starting or relief help, that team's really, really good. Now, if the Cubs go out and get Craig Kimbrell and one more arm, and their pitching stays healthy, their starting pitching, then I still think they're the best team in the division. But you know, you've got to lengthen your lineup. But when I talk about lengthening a lineup, I mean, somebody other than the big four that I mentioned to you mm-hmm. has to hit, whether that is Hayward like he was early in the year, whether that's Cargo, whether that's Addison Russell, Kyle Schwarber. Um, Almora. Albert Almora is another one. Victor Caratini when he gets opportunities to play. So they've got some guys there that have to deliver offensively. If they do and the other four are the big four, well, then this team's going to be really tough to beat unless they get injured. Uh, a couple of bullpen for, uh, questions for you, Cap, and I do want to get to the White Sox who are hanging around 500, which is uh, for them, I think, and their fan base. Uh, when you mentioned Kimbrell, is there anything percolating there? I know that they're doing homework on him. I talked to someone who works there, and they said, hey, you absolutely were in on Kimbrell. But is Kimbrell the guy who wanted six years and 100 million? Is he the guy that reportedly is down to like three at 45 with the first year prorated? Is he somewhere in between? I can tell you, Theo's not big on paying $20 million a year, multi-year commitments to relievers. So if the price would work and he wants to be here, I think they're going to be in play. Cap, the other bullpen question for you. Dylan Maple sent back down. I we were talking. Trent and I spent some time talking about him yesterday. We both think he's a major leaguer. This was before the move was made that he's back down here uh, in Iowa. Uh, Joe Madden said it was a really tough discussion with him yesterday. He said that, and I'm paraphrasing somewhere along the lines that he thinks and believes that this is the last time they have to have this conversation about we're sending you back down. But looking at that roster of relief pitchers, Cap, there's just maybe it's there's not enough spots uh, for Maple. At this point, if you want to put him on the roster, you're going to have to take somebody off. Ryan's a left-hander; he's not going in here where you wouldn't think. Who would be the guy if Maples is to earn his spot, if you will? Well, look, if Dylan Maples, who throws 99 miles an hour, can continue to get people out, he's going to get a spot. They don't have power arms in their bullpen, so if he can locate and command his fastball. That's the whole key to this guy. Then it doesn't matter who it is. He's going to have a spot. Somebody won't be here. They'll either trade a guy away, whether that's Carl Edwards Jr. But if you pitch well and you're reliable out of the pen and you do not walk people, they like this kid and he's got the makeup and the stuff. It's just on him. And it all starts with fastball command. If you all of a sudden... He misses with fastball one. He misses with fastball two. Let me try and get a get-me-over slider, and it gets smacked. Or he misses with that one. Or he nibbles in one and two. Now it's two and two. Now he nibbles again. I don't want to throw that thing over the middle of the plate. And all of a sudden, you're like, you've got to be kidding me. He has the stuff. He just has to out-pitch people. Cap, uh, over to the White Sox here for a moment. We've talked a lot about Yohan Makata who has certainly looked the part here uh, in his first full season. Giolito and the turnaround that he has had on the mound this season. Who else should we be keeping an eye on? Who else has impressed you on this White Sox squad? Uh, you know, look, Giolito, you mentioned, and he's having this amazing renaissance after a really bad season last year. But, again, it is June 5th. We've got to see where he is September 5th. 
that's a long way to go, but he does look like he has the makeup to be a top of the rotation or certainly one of your top three guys in your rotation. Alex Colomay, I still can't believe they won't trade him because a closer on a team that can't win a championship is like earrings on a pig. It doesn't matter. (laughs) But you might be able to get, whether that's the Cubs or the Phillies or some team in the race and go, okay, I want your top prospect. You want a guy that's going to close games out for you in the postseason? That's what I want. And if somebody's willing to pay that, then you got to make the deal. You have to make that deal. Mm-hmm. Cap, one more, and then a real quick NBA hit, and we'll let you go. I know you're busy. We appreciate you coming on. Centurion Stone of Iowa makes it possible. It looks as though there will be no extension of the Nets uh, around Major League ballparks until uh, the 2020 season. Does it surprise you that nothing will be done in midseason, by all accounts, as the commissioner came out uh, overnight and said this is going to be uh, something that happens in the offseason? Does it surprise me? No. Does it disappoint me? Yes. Right. And if I was an owner of a team, I, am I allowed to use the word owner? That's another ridiculous yeah, that's a great thing one we've too. got going on. Uh, right. Yep. Um, but if I was the owner of a professional baseball team, unless the commissioner told me I couldn't, I would have said, okay, the start of our next homestand, when we have seven days or whatever take, amount of time it takes to get the job done, we are extending all the way to the foul poles. We are going to do all we can that our fans have a safe environment to watch baseball games. And to and I see all these people on social media, quit looking at your phone at a game. Look, that's the world we live yes, in. Yes, it is. Yep. Everything is through your smartphone, whether it's a text message, whether it's a call, whether it's paying a bill on one of your apps, whether it's looking up stats if you're a geek at a baseball game like I am. So, again, I think it should have been done. I think it should be an owner like Tom Ricketts or an owner like Jerry Reinsdorf says, you know what, I appreciate it, Rob, and you can do what you want. I am doing it at my game. If the commissioner says you're not allowed, okay, then I guess there's nothing I can do about it. But I don't believe that to be the case. So I wish teams would take it on their own and do it. Oh, you're watching your phone for yet another ball that goes right through the strike zone that Angel Hernandez calls a ball. Um, oh, Cap, boy. It's unbelievable. Cap, last thing. Uh, back to game two on, uh, on Sunday night. I think that the Raptors... Boy, they had to have that one. They could have had that one. Uh, your take on uh, what's left of the series, it's a best of five now as it resumes tonight in the NBA. How do you see it going forward, Cap? We'll let you go on that. I still believe that the Raptors are going to win the title. I just think Golden State's too banged up. Now, yeah. they're being asterisk at the end and go, well, yeah, you did it without Durant, maybe without Clay Thompson, and certainly without Kevon Looney and a banged up big Wadala and blah, 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 blah. Maybe. But the bottom line is, I Still, I'm picking them to win the title in either six or seven. Hope you're right, David Kaplan. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you, pal. You guys have a great day. Thank yeah. you. Good to talk to you. David Kaplan joining us. Centurion Stone of Iowa makes it possible if you're looking for manufactured or natural stone to accent or update your exterior or your interior project of any size. Centurion Stone offers variety in styles, patterns, and colors for your each and every need. Available in over 200 color pattern combinations. Check them out online, centurionstoneofiowa.com. Better yet, 
Check out the showroom. It'll blow you away. 5525 Northeast 22nd Street in Des Moines. 5525 Northeast 22nd Street in Des Moines, Centurion Stone of Iowa. All right, Trent Condon. So Dylan Maples uh, back down, as we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. We both uh, spent some time talking about him yesterday. Zero, Mr. 0.00. Yeah, I don't get it, right? I mean, you, if you're going to, you, you're bringing Strope back in, so the mm-hmm. corresponding move, you have to ship somebody out. That's a tough call. It is. Options available. That's a big part uh, of it. Great point. Great point. Yep. And there are guys that you feel like he he certainly has more upside than some of those guys in that bullpen. I think so, too. But you get into that. Young guy, you can still move him up and down part of the 40-man roster, and he still has options left. So that's the reason behind it. But uh, maybe we'll get to see him today, you think? Uh, well, so you're staying for the whole game by well, the sounds yeah, of things. Probably not the whole game, though, no, but yeah, I'll make it to see him out at the ballpark today. Uh, hopefully we, uh, we will. Let me take a quick look at the field. Uh, uh, last thing, um, you know, if it's, it's, if it's, if they are going to, you know, keep him up, who are they going to send down? Brock? Yeah. Kinsler? I mean, you got to make, they're not getting rid of Ryan. Ryan's a left-hander and he's been good, Trent. Right. And, and both of those guys that you mentioned, they are veterans. You can't yeah. send them down. You'd have right. to outright them. Outright them, exactly. So I, I think the decision was pretty easy because of mm-hmm. all of that. But, uh, hey, speaking of, we were talking about the White Sox. Yes. They play this afternoon, just a little two-gamer. Natties, right? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Against the Nationals, twelve oh five. the first pitch there. Nationals were my pick in the NL East. They're starting to play a lot better. Are they? They've how- won eight out of ten. Okay. They're, I think, five and a half back now of the Phillies. Phillies have... Started to take they are six small, and a half six back. Six and a half back. Yep. Plausible at the very least. There's still a ton of talent on that team. They lost Trey Turner for a long time. Mm-hmm. They lost Anthony Rendon for a long stretch. That bullpen is atrocious, but when he got Scherzer at the top and Strasburg, Annabelle Sanchez goes today. You know, they, they that team could make a run in the NL East. I, I'm not throwing dirt on that pick. Who do you think the team to beat is in the East still? Still the, the Phillies, Phillies. Yeah. You don't like the Braves? Don't. And I think we talked about this last year. I just don't talk, watch much Braves baseball. Yeah, I know. I'm I mean, it's so way. different than it used to be mm-hmm. when it was one of two options that right. you really had. TBS or yeah. WGN. Right. And and we were grateful for both, I remind oh, everybody. Oh, absolutely. Remember watching those Braves team when they were so god-awful? When I got here in 89, they were laughing stock, but they had this young lefty who's a hockey player. Grew up in Massachusetts. Oh, you had to like that. <laughs> Tom Glavin. He turned out pretty pretty good baseball player. Um, yeah, they had some talent there, and it was fun watching them, as it was with the Cubs, because you go back to the you know the build of the Cubs. I remember when I was working at Brins, with Brinson, and I could see the plan, and I could see what they're doing, and hopefully it was going to come together. Um, for the sake of our program, and it did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, a couple of years later, uh, I could see that. Um, you could see that a long time ago with the Braves. I, I like this Braves team. All right, we're down here at Principal Park. Game time coming up just afternoon. Trent, let's get a break. We'll come back. We'll finish things up. It's Miller and Condon. We're live at Principal Park on Des Moines Sports Station, fourteen sixty. Des Moines Sports Station, fourteen sixty KXNO. All right, back uh, wrapping things up here at Principal Park. Welcome back. It's Miller and Condon. We're on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Our thanks to Centurion Stone of Iowa. And, of course, David Kaplan uh, for joining us as he does each and every Wednesday. Uh, Trent is, uh, well, we've told our audience many times we have to tape that as Cappy is on the air at the same time we are. We taped it at 8.35 this morning. While we were playing that interview, Ken Rosenthal from The Athletic, a baseball insider, and 
one of the best in the business. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Uh, tweeted that the and this, I'll read his tweet verbatim. Cubs pushing hard for Kimbrel. Sources tell the Athletic. So, according to Ken Rosenthal from the Athletic, there may be movement on Craig Kimbrel, as uh, he says that the Cubs are going all in. It's another spot Dylan Maples is going to have to overcome, right, <laughs> if indeed that's the way they go. But, Kimball, I get it. Track record uh, is clearly there. All right, Trent, tonight we've got game number three of the NBA. The Did you say four and a half? Four and a half currently the number. I just looked at it there during the break. Still, still remains pretty much okay. across the board four and a half. A couple of fives out there, but mostly four and a halves. What would you do? Because I have an opinion. I think I'm grabbing the points. I am too. You Right Absolutely. at the beginning of the show, I was... I didn't feel like it was must win for Toronto, but you talked me back in that direction. The bench has been outside of one of those games in Milwaukee really bad throughout this whole playoffs mm-hmm. on the road. They're going to need somebody to step up. You're yep. going to need that unsung guy that's going to have that big game, whoever it may be. I think to hang around there and maybe go a little bit deeper. You know, I, I mentioned earlier when we were talking with John uh, John Cannon that maybe we'll see OG Ananobi, mm-hmm. and it might be for four minutes, but. Stretch that bench out a little bit more. Give a little bit more, hopefully at the end of the game, if you're a Raptors fan, uh, of getting those guys and getting Kawhi to have something left in the tank. So, yeah, I'm going to grab the four and a half. That's where I'm leading. How about you? Uh, same way. Uh, same way. Ibaka's got to give them more tonight. Uh, Powell's got to give them more off yeah. the bench. Van Vliet's been one of the stories of this, certainly this last couple of rounds. He's been... He's been such a big cog, Siakam. They took him out of his game uh, in Game 2. We need more from him. Of course, Marcus Saul, who's been hit and miss. Kawhi Leonard's been carrying this team. And Danny Green, you know he's going to give you absolutely nothing. So that's what you most – you go into it thinking, you know, anything you get from him is gravy, right? Well, you mentioned Lowry earlier. And he, he's well, that's been the other guy. Right? Yeah. I mean, he's – He's due for one. Right? He's too. He's better than he's better than he's shown. I wonder if there's an injury there. I thought John Cannon made a good point, you know, because he takes a ton of charges. Yes, he yeah. is. I mean, and he's not the biggest dude on the floor by a long ways. Um, and you just wonder if that's taken his toll because he's really good at that. So late evening tonight, eight o'clock tip yeah. off. Well, that's what they say. So probably more so eight fifteen. Eight fifteen. So we're looking eleven thirty. Probably finish something in that range. Yep. For the game tonight, so baseball-wise, before that, anything get you well, going? Well, the Cubs will. The Cubs yep. have got me there at 7 o'clock. KCWI has the game tonight, uh, Channel 23. Good to know. I, I, looked, uh, I looked at the TV, uh, DirecTV guy before uh, made our way down here this morning. Now, you're going to join us tomorrow, but you're not going to be with me tomorrow. What are you doing? I'm going to be heading down to County. Crowney? County. County. Yeah, County named, I think he's a former mayor. That sounds right, yeah. yeah. The sure. soccer complex, Girls State Soccer, begins tomorrow, so I'll be flaunting my soccer knowledge and or doing some thereof. play-by-play over there. I'll be uh, on field seven, so I will have the uh, three, Class 1A, 2A, and 3A matchups starting at 11 and o'clock when you tomorrow. you say you have them, where are they going to be broadcast at? Uh, you can find them on the Girls Association website, IGHSAA.org. Just search the Girls' Union. Right. Iowa Girls' Union will pop up there. And uh, Pete Tarpey with CISN, who produces all these opening round matchups. So be down there for state soccer. Call some matches throughout the day. And I'll join you to begin the program, though, for the first 20 minutes or so. All right, so, so how many people couldn't do the game tomorrow before they had to, before they finally got <laughs> Hey, 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 yeah. Soccer is not one of my strengths. Have you ever done soccer? Uh, I mean, I'm sure you've kicked the ball, so you've got a little bit of that, a little that bit. for you. I get into it every four years with the World Cup. I do, too. I do, too. I like it. I have DVR'd a couple of matchups the last couple of days, so I've been watching, listening, uh-huh. 
figuring out correct verbiage to be using. And you won't have much of a – I mean, you can't be – or can you? Or will you be field level? I think that we might be up a ways, maybe at the top of the bleachers, yeah, to, to get a little bit better view up there. But mm-hmm. I've never even been out there to the soccer part of the complex. I don't even know if I've been to the baseball I've side seen, of it. Yeah, I've seen the baseball part of the complex, um, and I think, I mean, they're side by side, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Well, well, we'll miss you tomorrow, but you'll join us early, and then Vinny Iyer, and uh, we'll do some Hawks and some clones. John Miller, haven't spoken with him in a while. Oh, that'll be good. Catch up with John and uh, our old buddy Bama Bob, who you're going to be hearing a whole lot more from as we get closer and closer to August, and then a couple of times during college football season each and every week, uh, Bama and I are going to... Go around college football, so I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, get to crank up Sweet Home Alabama. That'll be so good to hear that again. AD, put a little note there when you bring Bama on, play some you know Sweet Home what? Alabama. Because I think it was AD at one point actually had that Bama intro. Oh, That's really? Right. I'm wondering if we can find that somewhere, AD. <laughs> uh, that, that was, uh, yeah, that was good. All right, John Sellers, thank you for being here as always. Andrew Downs, thank you for what you were doing. You'll hear more of AD coming up at 2. Murph and Eddie at 2. The Fanatics at 4. You're joining the Fanatics today. I will be in with Ross. In with Ross, and then tomorrow morning we'll start it again with the Morning Rush. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXN.